Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Spotlight Interviews. I'm Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with insight from a different perspective of the Business Fights Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Noreen Hyatt. Noreen is a serial entrepreneur focusing on microfinance. She is co-founder of Tez Financial Services, the first fully digital financial institution in Pakistan, providing access to finance for the unbanked and underbanked. Noreen is a woman on the fast track to change the world, that world being inclusive finance. She's only 33 and she's already co-founded another fintech, Check-in Solutions, She has cut her teeth at the Pakistan Credit Rating Agency. She's an assessor of the SMART campaign with the aim to accelerate financial inclusion. And she has been featured in the Women in Fintech Power List. Noreen, welcome. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure for me to be joining you today. So my first question today, you are a serial entrepreneur already. Um, Can you share with listeners a little about your journey so far? Sure. It has been what might be a short journey, but a really long one. So I started my journey as an entrepreneur about five years back. And the journey really started uh, from my affiliation with the microfinance sector. While I was working with the credit rating agency, I was a specialist for microfinance, which is when I really got to know about the intricate details of what microfinance is and what really happens on the field with the poor. That is what really got me inclined towards making a difference and really trying to contribute towards the cause of financial inclusion. Uh, So the sector in Pakistan and generally in most parts of the world, as most people who are from the sector would know, is criticized for having high interest rates. And if you really do dwell deeper into the models of microfinance institutions, one realizes that their hands are tied when it comes to really coming up with a sustainable business model by not charging those rates. Because, you know, the main aspect there is they have high operational costs, which is why they have to transfer those costs onto the customers to be able to reach them. And in addition, these are customers with higher risks, which is something that has to be incorporated within those business models. So when we started this model a little more, we realized that the best way to really enhance the efficiency of the sector, which will ultimately contribute towards inclusion and more sustainable inclusion, would be to bank on technology. And that is when me and my co-founder co-founded a previous company called Check-In Solutions. Check-In was primarily a company that provided technology to microfinance institutions. And the main purpose was to enhance efficiencies of the field staff and the entire credit disbursement cycle via a digital field application. During our talks with the various participants in the sector, we realized that the sector was actually not ready at the time to have adopted the technology. One, primarily because they did not have the pockets to invest in technology. And number two, which was one of the biggest aspects, was that they did not have the appetite to understand what new age technology really meant and what implications it could have on their models. So what we actually really had to do was pivot towards 
our company now, Taste Financial Services, and we decided that instead of going to the masses via these institutions, we'd rather do it ourselves and go directly to the customer. So that's the story really behind Taste to date. So Noreen, you really focused your career on inclusive financial services. What's motivating that? Well, Katie, when, when I am look back, you know, it really feels like I was destined to take up this role. As a social entrepreneur in an emerging economy like ourselves, as a woman, you know, surrounded by culture and social stigmas, I was always driven to a cause that needed that resilient spirit. And most importantly, as a human being, you know, with an innate purpose of striving towards inclusion, be it inclusion of the underserved in the financial mainstream, or the inclusion of individuals with special needs in mainstream education, inclusion or on various other fronts. I have grown up in a family with deep roots in the political arena of the Indian subcontinent. And from a very early stage, I've seen their sacrifices, struggles and contributions towards the cause of the country. From this very early stage, you know, I, I realized that the purpose of life is larger than oneself. And with every role, however big or small it might be, comes responsibility. So it's been really with this belief that I embarked upon my journey. And I think I was lucky enough to have gotten affiliated with the microfinance sector from a very early stage. As I had mentioned earlier, I started working on the ground from my first job, you know, and that's when I got affiliated with the Smart Campaign. That's when I firsthand really observed what poverty means, you know, from compromised health to lack of opportunities for education, and no means to fund emergencies resulting in death traps where generations remain stuck in the poverty cycle. You know, during our interviews during that phase with female borrowers, we got to know that some of the first expenses that are rolled back during times of financial difficulties are education-related, while also cutting down on the number and quality of meals in a day. So financial inclusion really is about empowerment. It's about human development. And I believe that the most sustainable mechanism to alleviating poverty is economic empowerment. And there's no better way to do it but through financial inclusion. And, you know, we, we have evidence to, to show that financial inclusion ultimately is a vital pill in the achievement of the sustainable development goals, be it having a direct impact on poverty or health, education, and gender equality. So this was like heaven to me to actually be working for a cause that had a direct implication on so many different vital pillars of the society. So that's what really drew me towards this. And being at the cutting edge of that development space, I mean, what are the top three trends that you're seeing? You know, as we all know, fintech will drive the new business model. And for me, key trends that I feel will drive this new business model would number one be artificial intelligence. And that is something we are already deploying at my company phase. For us, it's helping us identify various avenues, you know, be it default reduction, be it customer segmentation. You know, the, the list can just go on. The second one, which I find really interesting, is that of the sharing economy. We see a shift towards businesses you know, like Uber, businesses like Airbnb. And, you know, if I am to really look at it from a very holistic perspective, I believe partnerships actually can be embedded in that business model as well. So number two, that, that's, that's a trend that I see. Institutions will be banking on. With the, in the fintech space in particular, I see a lot of partnerships 
and you know sharing economy between fintechs and conventional banks and institutions and this will be the sustainable model of the future and the third one last but not the least would be blockchain technology and when i say blockchain i don't categorically mean currencies that are operating on the blockchain i would rather say the public ledger it will really change the way businesses are really done you know be it real estate be it taxation there are various avenues where this technology can really be deployed in the future so for me those are the top three key emerging trends in this space and Noreen, you mentioned at the beginning that the first fintech that you set up had you had a bit of a challenge about getting the mainstream big financial services sector involved and engaged how much interest are you getting now from bigger organizations to help reduce poverty and create an inclusive economy? I'm actually, to be very honest, not really sure about the purpose of these institutions right now. And yes, as, as much as we are, we are, we've managed to gain interest of these bigger organizations and partnerships, I'm not too sure whether the cause really is financial inclusion. It definitely is about the acquisitions and getting those customers. But the purpose centricity is something that I see is still missing in a lot of these big organizations. So that's at least my view. I can't comment on how most of these organizations look into it personally, but I, I still feel that purpose centricity is lacking. And you recently were a keynote speaker during the Business Fights Poverty New York event, which marked the beginning of the UN General Assembly in 2019. As a beamed in speaker based in Pakistan, and what were your takeaways from? the UN General Assembly this year? It was a, a really interesting experience, you know, being a part of the event and hearing about the different views that were coming along. For me, the biggest takeaway was that to drive business growth and to prosper in the long term, putting sustainability at the heart of the business model is imperative. And for this, it is imperative to rethink collaboration and actually take partnerships as a function of the business model which is the way we will be able to achieve more sustainable and more widespread impact. So I feel collaboration shall not only allow stakeholders to benefit from each other's core competencies, it shall also enable them to capitalize on economies of scale for cost effectiveness and achieve more widespread and timely. So those were the key takeaways for me. Thank you. My final question today, for those listening to this podcast, what would be your call to action? Well, I feel for anything that you're doing, be it entrepreneurship or, you know, working in a job, the most important thing would be purpose centricity. It's utmost. So keep it at the heart of whatever you do. This is what's going to help you survive the troughs of economies, the troughs of businesses. And, you know, even those times when you're actually facing the troughs of your actual situations with entrepreneurship or your work. Another aspect that I would like to highlight here is that be flexible enough to pivot because when the need really arises, you need to be open to the idea of adjusting to changing needs of businesses and changing needs of the environment to be able to grow that business and to be sustainable. So stay focused and keep going. Noreen Hyatt, thank you very much. You're most welcome, Katie. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.